0: My name is Joko Booth. Today I'll be speaking to Dr. Alex Awiti. Uh, Dr. Awiti is a Vice Provost at the, Uni- at the Aga Khan University. And previously he was a Director, uh, Director of the East African Institute at, at the same at the same institution. Karibu Dr. Awiti to, to the Elephant.
1: Thank you very much, Joe. Uh,
0: uh, Dr. Awiti, a couple, 2015 uh, led by you, uh, the East African Institute, uh, which is Auspice and, and Aga Khan, uh, did a very interesting uh, research. And one, one of the findings of the research said that almost 50, 60% of youth in Kenya, majority rather, one, don't care how they make money, in a sense they, they, they endorse corruption. Uh, same report also said that this same, this same cluster of, of individuals in terms of their political and social, uh, how they identify themselves, they, ident- they identify themselves highest through religious affiliations, uh, 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 than any other, any other group, ethnic or, or otherwise. Uh, but 2022, as we move up to the elections, uh, in a sense, this same cluster, because it's the youth which makes a big part of the country, according to recent polls, uh, were three, three, four months to the elections. And 35% of this cluster uh, are pathetic towards elections, and many won't vote or undecided, uh, what do you make of it? What, what do you make of this youth trajectory to, from 2015 studying uh, youth behaviors and attitudes to now 2022 moving towards the elections and majority rather 35% going up to 40% either will not vote or undecided and are completely apathetic towards Kenya's elections?
1: Yeah, so you know, the uh, that's a good question. I think it's very consistent to the uh, to the survey that we we conducted and uh, you know at that time 40% of young people say they would vote only for the person who paid them to vote Mm -hmm. so so that right there is a very clear personal incentive Mm. uh, and personal stake in the process that is outside the larger conversations of policy manifestos party political platforms national aspiration, national development uh, goals and uh, the central reason for for democracy. Uh, And I think what this speaks to is the fact that young people are not engaged. The political actors uh, in all of their guises have not been able to create a value proposition. Mm Compelling enough for young people to feel part of the process. Uh, None of the political players, from the marginal candidates like uh, Mussolini Mudavadi, Kalonzo, to the the dominant players here, William Ruto and Rylo Dinga, uh, are charismatic or even inspiring Mm. uh, to create a, a movement, uh, to create a, an excitement mm. uh, around what are critical national issues. Mm. You know, what is their rallying call? What is their rallying point? What is it that Ruto says that young people get up and say, I want to be part of this? Mm. What is it that writer says that causes young people to say, I want to join the movement. Uh, I want to make a difference. I want to change my country. Mm-hmm. So they have, fra- they have failed to frame the political stakes that speak directly to young people and therefore in the absence of being paid to do something make this vote a very transactional operation uh, they, they, they don't see any reason uh, because they don't see anybody articulating a plan uh, to alleviate the crushing race of unemployment mm-hmm. they don't see anybody speak to the uh, uh, spiraling cost of living. Mm. Uh, they don't see anybody speak to issues which they think are critical to their parents. Right. Uh, like a, a, uh, a decent retirement, mm-hmm. uh, access to, to health, access to land, to credit, to all of these things. Mm. So when they think about this country and they think about their own personal condition, they feel there's nothing in there.
0: Hmm. But Alex, I mean, one one could argue, I mean, looking at uh, previous uh, elections, uh, particularly for for a kind of political class that we have here in Kenya, uh, is that thus far they have managed to sustain uh, the state through particularly through sloganeering. You know, I mean, whether it's borrowed or whether it's borrowed or or they believe in it through slog- sloganeering. You know, we. We were happy removing moy but when we removed we also, so we realized that there are many within uh, the Kibaki regime who, who 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 articulated that you know removing moy democracy and democracy and the rule of law, making was just to remove moy Now, once they got in, you know, things needed to continue as uh, as they were. Uh, we've seen the same thing in in uh, the Jubilee administration, where in 2017 in particular, with some of the sloganeering and mobilizing mobilizing ethnic groups so to the extent that until 2017 you know sloganeering and you know in identity politics was was such was such core to our politics are you suggesting that uh, the 35 percent and it's the youth there, there's, there's an evolution towards how we begin to perceive our politics and that Kenyans are demanding more of policy policy reform rather than just political sloganeering
1: yeah, I, I think the, the country has matured in, in many respects and uh, the, the young people are now more uh, clear-eyed than in the previous times when you could use ethnic mobilizing to, to, to get young people uh, mm-hmm. excited and to get the country animated about the politics.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so, so right now, all of these players cannot make any claim uh, to moving the country forward uh, instituting clean government, you know, for instance, uh, corruption-free government. And Devin D, who is a friend to the elephant, has been very clear and said, "If you're looking for someone who will clean government and rid the country of corruption, don't look at us. Mm. We're not running an anti-corruption platform. Mm. We're running on on on, uh, on a platform to fix the economy. Mm. And uh, this whole construct around top uh, around bottom up." So, so they've made that very clear. Now, if you take, if you look at today, uh, this transition from Uhuru, Uhuru ending his term, and uh, it's very similar to what happened between uh, uh, Kibaki and, Moe. it's not similar to what happened between Kibaki and Moi. Kibaki mm-hmm. ran on a very, very clear platform of ending the autocratic Moi regime reinstating fiscal discipline and ending one-ton corruption. Mm. So so the issues were very, very clear and the country responded. You know, the victory that Kibaki rode to house. I don't think there's any politician Mm. in my lifetime uh, who will achieve that. That's 63, uh, 36 or 30%. Nobody can ever get there. The country is now, you know, the devil with uh, uh, apathy. Uh, and the fact that these two politicians have just not, cre- I don't see the, the difference between Ruto and Raila. Mm. Uh, you know, Raila was a, a player in Kibaki's government. Uh, and so was William Ruto. William Ruto has been in Hulu's government uh, that has its own fair burden of uh, of, uh of, of blame to, to shoulder. Mm. And Ruto has not been able to articulate what it is that he's going to do. Mm. Raila has not seen how his government is going to be different. Mm. So right now, people are just looking at these two individuals and maybe you spit on, on your thumb, push it out to and see where the wind is going to blow the spittle. Mm. Uh, there is nothing that separates these two candidates. Uh, in terms of the government uh, programs, policy programs that they're going to pursue. So that's why young people are now very clear that there is nothing in, the, in it for them. They're seeing that. Uh, and, and, and that's why it's also difficult to mobilize ethnically. You know What are you going to mobilize ethnically uh, about uh, this time? Uh, how do you polarize a country? You know uh, what, what basis are you going to use? Uh, and even in 2013, it was difficult to polarize the country ethnically. In 2017, it was also difficult to polarize the country ethnically, uh, because the the uh, the political classes gelled together, and we now can now construct us versus them very easily. People see that the majority of Kenyans live a very different life from the business and political elite of this country. Right now. That, that is becoming increasingly clear. And even this hustler nation, the devotees of that slogan are not convincing. They're not authentic. They're not hustlers by any stretch of imagination. These are college educated people with PhDs uh, advancing this, this, this hustler uh,
0: Kool-Aid, and then it just doesn't fly. <laughs> So and how then, I mean you're right. Then, but how, how how do we make sense of the exhaustion that uh, that, that not, not 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 just not not just what you'll see with the middle classes who are perturbed, but even even with the, the informal masses you know, that, that usually make up make up uh, make up a lot of, that give life to our electoral processes. Uh, for example, outside of the rallies and, and and as we know, many of the rallies mobilization is because uh, the youth are given money and they attend the rallies but if you look at just the the they conclude they just finished up uh, nomination processes just the level of voter turnout in central i think it was less than two percent uh in in parts of nyanza in rift valley when it was low but then there was also a lot of contestation even even Internally, towards what you what in the past would say, these are strongholds, or you know, strongholds of this ethnic campaign. How do you make of these these developments?
1: You see, you see, this is the the big uh, what I say? Uh, it is the big contradiction in everything that we've been seeing with the mobilization around political rallies, uh, because what you would have hoped for to see was. Um, a, uh, a a galvanized nomination process that really captivates the imagination of Kenyans uh, basically saying that we need to elect our own leaders within those party structures now what have been sold is a bill of goods uh ODM is not what it claims to be UDA is not this uh behemoth of a movement uh, that uh his promoters uh, have been suggesting mm. now you know it's when, when the, where the rubber hits the road uh, citizens basically prioritize their personal uh, endeavors to eke out a living every day mm. and did not see it necessary to go and waste time on those winding winding queues to, to vote mm. uh, because they just don't think it is important for them mm. uh, they don't see any of those candidates, uh, each one of them, talking uh, about what they wanted to do, but they didn't see themselves in there. They could see a clash of personalities. They could see the party uh, gimmicks in terms of how they're going to rig the process, and that's why it was unbelievable. Some of the uh, uh, the events that we saw, you know, mm. certificates being. Swapped around. Mm-hmm. This guy has it. Then it's taken away from you and given to somebody else. Right. Uh, we saw. Uh, I, I guess apart from Kericho, there, there was nothing else that was exciting about this poll. You know, mm. Keter not becoming the governor, mm. losing to Eric Mutai. I think that was one of those kind of seismic moments uh, in this. But that's all it was. In Mm. some parts of the country, like in Kisumu County, you look at those turnouts against the registered voter numbers. uh, You have a senator elected with less than 40,000 votes. Uh, Mm. And you have a governor who gets a direct ticket. So you can see the the reasons for the apathy. Mm. uh, Because they somehow believe that, okay, they've decided who's going to be something. Uh, why should I bother showing up because this is a club, you know, this mm. is for only card holding members of the club. So somehow ODM will still end up with the list of all the contestants for all the elect- elective posts. Mm. Um, so again, what it also speaks to is that the, the whole party structure mm. as, a, as a basis for democratic organizing in this country is very weak. Right. Uh, so party politics does not exist mm. and that's why you'll see in this election perhaps we might have the largest haul of elected independents. Mm. Uh, because as you say citizens might then say look you know what I'm, I'm checking out of this but I'm not checking out of putting my vote to elect the MCA that I want mm. who will work for me yes the party is telling me to do this but you can see these rumblings of rebellion mm. across the parties, you know, from UDA to Jubilee, to Wiper to uh, ODM, the country's in revolt, And mm. I think they're saying this is the last bastion that we want to protect.
0: Right.
1: Uh, and if, if, the, if the citizens can then own the counties mm. and basically say, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter how you organize national politics, but leave us alone to elect our own governors, mm. to elect our own senators, to elect, mm. Uh, actually they don't even care much about senators Mm. they care about mcas they care about their governors these two positions are turning out of the most critical uh in 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 this process citizens are basically saying no you can't shuffle us on this MPs they sit in and we don't know what they do half the time uh they're relevant but Mm. my county assembly representative and my governor this is the
0: last stronghold, right? Uh, I mean, Alex. I mean, one one uh, professor Bethwell got in two thousand and four. I mean, uh, said that project Kenya is dead. So I'm I'm wondering. I mean, particularly. I mean, he said that, and then two hundred and seven happened, and then uh, there was a reorganization of our of our state with twenty constitution. And in, in August 2010, there was, there, was, there, was, there was a breath of fresh air within the country. You know, we felt like we were moving forward finally again. Uh, but it seems 12 years later, it seems we are back at that point where, uh, I mean, if, 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 if the polls and just the anecdotes coming out of uh, different spaces that we believed, it's almost as if Kenyans have lost hope in this thing called Project Kenya. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you make of this?
1: I think God was first sighted in in this, and uh, it is just depressing that he was he was so accurate. Uh, but after after the two thousand elections with the uh, with the ascent of Kibaki to to the State House, I mm-hmm. think there was a national moment right there. There was an opportunity there uh, to build. Kibaki had a chance to build what. No other president could have built except him and Jomo Kenyatta in his very in, in, in the first two years of his leadership, uh, sixty four to sixty six before uh, KPU split mm. and Kenyatta went separate ways in the Dinka. Uh, the whole movement towards multi party towards independence was basically uh, forged through national unity, where leaders were able to sit down and that's why we had na Kenyatta and people like. Uh, Gay Gishuru, were not interested uh, in all the gimmicks and the games that the colonists were playing. They were all united behind one leader, who was Jomo Kenyatta. Uh, In 2002, uh, we saw that Uh, everybody was united behind Kibaki. Uh, Then 2005 happened. And then 2007 happened. And then 2008 happened with the National Accord. Um, and Kibaki and Raila had a chance to stitch the country together, but they refused to have the hard conversations around what contestations are and what makes our political uh, competition, especially around presidency, extremely ethnically polarizing. Everybody refused to walk through that door that was so wide open to basically address the present and urgent conversation about national unity. We had failed attempts about Kenya we want. We had all kinds of conversations about that. You could see in BBI they tried to bring some of those and try and figure out how we, we could weave a national narrative around being Kenyan and reinstate and breathe fresh, fresh air into the lungs of Project Kenya. So I think there's been a lot of missed opportunities right uh, the the presidential election is still as polarizing The attempts that you could see in the bbi to try and uh diffuse the intense vitriolic ethnically divisive uh, uh, competition around the presidency and say if we had different centers of power and it was not a winner take it all uh, we could somehow diminish that uh but then you have The rare of that, people were as conservative as Ruto, for instance. Uh, And Ruto has been very, very consistent because this is exactly the Moi attitude uh, around devolution, for instance, where we basically say, How can we diminish uh, the primacy of the presidency as the object of uh, hostile, divisive political competition? Ruto basically says, no, it's a, it's a winner, take it all. And all you need is a strong president. The nine president basically thinks about everybody else. But we've seen consistently that Ruto is not going to be an exception to the rule. This mm-hmm. is exactly what he did. This is what Kibaki, did. This is what Hood was done. So uh, it is very unlikely that, uh, that uh, Ruto will be different in the way that he exercised this enormous amount of concentrated power in the president. He'll still likely fall into the ethnic traps of how power is, 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 uh, is, is, is dispensed and how resources are distributed. So I think this national conversation doesn't seem to be the thing that keeps any politician awake at night. Mm. All this is about is personal aggrandizement. And personal uh, 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 ambition, and, and the, the, the 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 experiment, and the project of state building, uh, takes a backseat every time. And even right now, there's nobody who's pushing national unity. There's nobody who's basically saying, "Hang on, guys, you know, let's not have these divisive ethnic conversations around distribution of power. Let's organize ourselves around." a set of national aspirations, a set of bold, ambitious goals to move our country to the next economic uh, stage.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, still all about power sharing. And when you look at the cleavages around that sharing, it's ethnic.
0: Definitely. So, I mean, so Alex, in 1920 Kenya got, uh, became a colony in 1920. Uh, you, know, and, you know, we know this, the history, Mau Mau, etc. In we got our independence. In uh, 1990, we passed a uh, multi-party, and Kenya was very galvanized around the idea of, you know, multi and uh, uh, liberalizing our politics. In 2002, we removed Moi from power, you know, uh, you know we we're, were galvanized around removing the autocratic rule, uh, fixing the economy. Uh, you know, We had a glitch in 20- 2007, 2010, we you know, the constitutional moment came, which was Kenya that fought for the second liberation. Uh, we passed our constitution. Uh, uh, but when moving to 2000 and 2022, moving forward, uh, in your view, what should be the big ideas that we need to galvanize Kenyans around? And you no, know, because in a sense that uh, if, 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 if what you're telling me is in a sense of this, Kenyans believe, don't believe anything of this the political actors are saying to them in terms of there's a these a these a there's a breakdown of of aspiration between what the political class is 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 selling either on one hand uh, you know bottom up and all these other things on the other hand the person for going the you know bring all the ethnic things together it almost seems that at the political class uh, there's a there's a there's a there's a disequilibrium in conversation between what them they think Kenya where it is and where Kenyans are and what, where Kenyans want to go with their country. So what should be the big ideas moving forward?
1: I think the big idea still ought to be the, the construct of a nation,
0: mm. nationhood.
1: You know, mm. it is still this unfinished business. Uh, we have not become a nation in a in, in, in a sense of a dominant form of identity. Mm. We, we still see ourselves as you know, little enterprises of self-promotion, mm. of self advancement, me and then my family and then my tribe. Uh, so there's still some level of, of comfort that mm. we can't get from other levels of identity as a Kenyan. So the question then is, when I say I'm a Kenyan, what does that label buy me, Mm. okay? When I say I'm this tribe, maybe somebody who is sitting somewhere who shares my last name uh, might look favorably towards me and give me something. But if I just showed up somewhere and say, well, why are you here? I'm here because I'm a Kenyan and I love my country. Uh, People wondering, what what the hell is this guy talking about? You know, (laughs) what's there to love about this country? Uh, so until until we find somebody who is charismatic enough to animate a sense of nationalism, a sense of patriotism, a sense of belonging to this land, and a sense of our forefathers fought for this space, got the colonies out, and won us the right to self-determination. Yeah. And what is that? what are those obligations and rights of citizenship? It means that as a citizen, I have to defend my country. As a citizen, I'm going to do right by my country. I'm going to treat my brothers and sisters as fellow citizens, and my country owes me the benefits and the rights of citizenship,
0: hmm. which
1: is uh, access to justice, access to work, access to decent housing, access to basic amenities like water, electricity, and all of that. And that government exists in the service of citizens.
0: Hmm.
1: Now that's the part that none of these people who've sat and walked down the streets of this country talking to voters, uh, as people who run for the presidency, have been unable to articulate. Mm. Uh, and as long as that's the case, then uh, this whole shareholding uh, aspirations in the real larger state of Kenya becomes a, a mute point, mm. uh, because it just It becomes a moot point because nobody just believes that. So I believe that citizenship must be about things that we can touch, feel, and see. Mm. There has to be a dividend in the process of citizenship. Mm. That means that when I go to hospital and I find medicine, I feel like a citizen of this country. When I go to a government office, I deserve service with respect and dignity, and I feel like I own this country as a citizen. Mm. I feel that I should pay my taxes because my taxes... Buys the government the ability to deliver services for me.
0: Right. But, but lastly, before we conclude, how how does how does that process look like? Well, on on one hand, you have, a, you have a political class that is very venal, very selfish, and just entertains themselves with self advertisement. And on the other hand, you have a downtrodden, beaten mass of people who, in a sense, are are becoming more and more pathetic. Uh, they've given up on, on on, any possible future of a Kenya that works. How do you, what does that process look like?
1: So that, you know, it, 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 it just has to be, there has to be a moment.
0: Hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, Kibaki was that uh, with Raila and the association around NAC presented that opportunity. Uh, Uhuru in two thousand and two presented a very different, uh, a very different value proposition, which was continuity, status quo, and the Moi government. Uh, in two thousand and thirteen, Uhuru and Ruto ran on a platform of galvanizing the country, of healing.
0: Hmm.
1: To see a Kikuyu and a Kalenjin on the same ticket after 2007 was a very, very beautiful sight to behold.
0: Mm.
1: And actually to believe that we could actually overcome the uh, uh, the bestial and, and and shameful acts of violence mm. in, uh, in the Rift Valley in 2007. Mm. And, and a lot of people believe that, that that was our best chance to heal. Mm. And that having Raila would basically uh, have deepened the divide. Uh, so, and then the youthful presentation of Uhuru and Ruto basically uh, resonated with young people. and They said, this is the future. Mm-hmm. This is where we ought to go. And then you have the catastrophic performance of Jubilee, especially on the question of the economy and debt, uh, fiscal responsibility, runaway corruption and all of that. So I think Kenyans are frustrated. You know, it's not sort for of lack of, uh, of belief and faith but every time we've believed and trusted, we've been let down.
0: Mm. We've been
1: short Uh The, the protagonists and, 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 the, and the devotees of these, promoters of these dreams have just really forgotten as soon as we elevated them to power. Mm. Kibaki forgot, Raila forgot, uh, Kenyatta forgot the goodwill that uh, sent him to power in 1964, 1963. Mm. So every time we've got these leaders who you know, suffer from just grotesque amnesia uh, that as soon as they overcome this huddle, which is the election and they romp into state house, they basically just forget what is the reason they run for. Hmm. And if you remember, Obama kept saying when he was president that it is so easy for a leader to forget the reason they got there. Hmm. And the reason they got there is to serve a cause that is bigger than them, that they were just the spearhead of the deep and yearning and aspirations of the citizens that they represent. Mm. And Kenyans are so believe, they're so trusting. Uh, But now we're just getting uh, uh, very skeptical and jaded. And and, and that's why you see the apathy in young people. Uh, Hear how their parents talk about the glorious days of 2002, 2013. Uh, The national accord uh, moment of 2008 and we just see the country is littered with the with the
0: skeletons of, of our hope mm. of our hopes and aspirations right uh, my final question i mean uh, because kenya 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 was designed as a colonial state and yeah. and i mean there have been very many attempts you know from black rule in 63 a multi-party change the constitution uh to, to your mind, uh, do you think that, that this thing called Kenya as a colonial state can be reformed to work for the majority of Kenyans? And if, it, and if, and if so, how, and if not, what then do we do with ourselves?
1: So here is a very radical
0: <laughs> way to think about this.
1: Mm-hmm. So my sense is that uh, the founders of this country, uh, basically had only one mental model mm. and that model was the crown yes the uh, the prestige the seduction of power was modeled on the british empire
0: mm. and
1: the idea of a monarch and the crown mm. and that's how kenyatta exercised power mm. that's how he destroyed this land and then as soon as that happened, and everybody else realized that that was the issue, we started, we started another quest for liberation. Hmm. And Udinga writes this heroic book of his, And that bug has never stopped biting us. Hmm. That every time a, a president comes into power, he when they're running for office, they run like you and I, the mm. ordinary citizens, they're frustrated with the hegemony and the, and the overbearing power of Nairobi, and they want to liberate the country. As soon as they go in there, they're trapped in this colonial logic mm. of exercising the state. And everybody else out is talking about uh, liberation. We, we've been talking about what the, we talked about the second liberation, the third liberation, Rayleigh has been talking about this all the time. Mm. Uh, and now we still, Raila still says that we have to finish the work of the liberation. Nice. And I'm sure if he becomes president, we'll have people baying for his blood on the outside, saying we want liberty. So mm. the, the 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 logic of the colonial state has been one of the most enduring uh, encumbrances. Uh, it is the most pathetic yoke that. Is upon our shoulders to date. And how we shake this out uh, has become something that is is is, is, is next to, to, to uh, an impossible imagination. Uh, so this colonial state and, and and the and the exercise of power in the image of the crown is so alluring. And the the way that our institutions are crafted mm. is basically to feed that beast of uh, that is such a beast of uh, of, of colon- colonial colonial power reenactment, mm. uh, and I don't know who's going to break this down and institute a servant leadership, mm. and basically say that now this is power to the masses, right. uh, you know, in, in, the, in the Bolshevik way, you know, mm. basically turn uh, this kind of tsarist regime mm. in terms of its logic, uh, and it's the crown, it's a monarch, uh, so power to the people has never really materialized.